The Word says we're called to make disciples. We're growing in the Word of God. Jesus Christ was sent to be our Saviour. This is the Bromley Town Church Podcast. We pray God speaks to you through this message, blessing you as you live out God's Word. Stream or download other sermon podcasts via the Bromley Town Church website or by using the SoundCloud app. Head over to BromleyTownChurch.com. Today we're going to be looking at David and Goliath, probably uh, one of the more famous stories in the Bible, even for non-Christians. I think if you mention David and Goliath, people kind of get the story, they understand the story. Uh, But let's just quickly recap what we've done so far in terms of this Overcomers series. Uh, Three weeks ago, you heard from Pastor William about the three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And for me, I was struck by their courage, the courage to stand. You could just imagine three people in the midst of thousands standing. I can just imagine some of the people around them going, come on, (laughs) the sooner you bow, the sooner we can get out of here. Or even things like, I believe in God too. I'm just doing this so we can get out of here. So you can just imagine the peer pressure on them to bow. Uh, But they didn't. In fact, they said, if I perish, I perish. But I'm not going to bow. And of course, God came through for them. Two weeks ago, we heard from Charlotte about Esther. Uh, Interestingly, she also used the same phrase. If I die, I die. But I'm going to do this because I need to do this for the people. She too acted with courage. And the outcome was a good one. Let's not forget she had a lot to lose if that didn't go well. But she acted with courage. And then last week Clive spoke about Gideon. Now we know Gideon at the very beginning was very afraid. Of course he was very afraid. Uh, And he needed a lot of convincing to really go ahead. But once he was convinced, and he asked for signs, but once he was convinced, he acted with courage. Because otherwise, how do you describe going to battle with 300 men? That is courage, and that is trusting in God. And the rest, as I say, is history. Today, we'll be looking at David and his courage in taking on a giant. Now, courage really is simply doing the right things, making the right choices in the face of fear, pain, obstacles. The truth is we can all be courageous. We can all be courageous. Let's just pray. Father, we thank you. Uh, We thank you for this opportunity we have in your house to hear from you. Uh, Give us understanding and help us, Lord, to hear your voice today. In Jesus' name, amen. So, we're looking at David and Goliath. Let's look at some context first and background. We pick up in the first, uh, in first Samuel. Um, Now, at this time, the Israelites and the Philistines were at war, okay, amongst themselves. Now, before that though, if you remember, the children of Israel wanted a king, They said to Samuel, who was the prophet, we want a king because we want to be like everyone else. All the people around us have kings. We don't. We want one. Now, at the time, they'd been led by judges and prophets who would hear from God and 
administer justice. But they didn't want that. They wanted to be like everybody else. And so God, disappointed, not happy, but God gave them what they wanted. And that was a king. And they had Saul. Now, Saul, if you remember, was tall and handsome. Let's just say to the natural eye, he looked like the guy that should be the leader. Okay? And he was made the leader. But the thing is, God was, uh, Saul wasn't very good at following God's instructions. And ultimately, God rejected Saul and decided to anoint someone else as king. Now, I find interest in that. Although God rejected Saul, he didn't stop becoming king for some time. He still remained king. And God sent Samuel to anoint David as king. Now, David was very young. It was the youngest in his family. In fact, if you remember the story, Saul goes to a man called Jesse. Uh, Jesse brings out all his sons. Uh, God says, no, none of these ones. And, um, and in the end, Samuel had to ask, is this all you've got? So even Jesse didn't really think about David as a possibility. Saul had to ask him, is there no one else? And then he kind of said, yeah, there's, there's another one. <laughs> He's out in the field somewhere. And they brought him, and that was the one that was anointed as king. Now, around this time, as I said, there was war between the Philistines and the Israelites. Let's read what it says in the book of 1 Samuel 17, verse 3. It simply says that the Philistines and Israelis, or Israelites, faced each other on opposite hills with a valley between them. You could just imagine the standoff. You know, where there, you're there, um, right, who's going to make the first move? Now, the Philistines had a champion by the name of Goliath, huge guy. Now, some texts say he was 9'6". You know, I can't imagine, if, if someone here 9'6", you constantly have to be like that. 9'6", that looks huge. Now, some texts say he was only 6'6". Six, six. But either way, I think in the context of the story, he was huge. Because that's why the Israelites were afraid. It was massive. Now, he made a proposition. You know, let's not waste lives. Why don't you just pick one person from your side? I'm the one from my side. Let's face up. If we win, you become our servants. If you win, we become your servants. That way we can save lives, right? Not that he was thinking like that, but... You could just imagine. Now, around this same time, David has managed to secure himself a gig in the king's palace, playing the harp, okay? Because he'd been recommended to the king, and the king had brought him in. So David would go in there playing the harp every time Saul was tormented by this evil spirit. The interesting thing is David has already been anointed as king. You have to bear that in mind. But here is David playing the harp to the king. Now one day, David's father sends him to the battlefront. And he sends him with grain, with bread for his brothers, and cheese for his captain. It reminds me of when I was growing up in primary school in Nigeria. My parents used to send me with stuff to the teachers. I could never understand why. I mean... 
They used to, the teachers were not necessarily who I would want to give presents to at that time. But anyway, so David turns up at the battlefront with the bread, the, the, the grain, and the cheese, hands it over to the guy keeping the supplies, runs over to the battlefront to see his brothers, to find out what's going on. Now, whilst he's there, he hears Goliath repeating his threats and his offers, you know. Just pick someone to face me, you cowards. Why are you there? Come on. Are you afraid? Now, let's read what the Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 25 to 26. I'm reading from the Living Bible Translation. And it says, have you seen the giant? The soldiers were asking. He has insulted the entire army of Israel. And have you heard about the huge reward the king has offered to anyone who kills him? And the king will give him one of his daughters for a wife, and his whole family will be exempted from paying taxes. Wow. It's a huge offer. Now remember, David has been frequenting the king's palace. So you could just imagine he may have seen the king's daughters whilst he's been doing that. And of course, exempting his family from paying taxes. Ooh. David was up for the challenge. Certainly was. And David goes on to convince the king to let him go and face this giant. Now, remember that the offer was, if you lose, you become our servants. So the whole of Israel is putting their future on this very young guy who has the courage to face Goliath. Because they all heard the same thing. But somehow only David sees it very differently. He has the courage to face Goliath. David beats Goliath. That's the main story. Um, and I think there are three lessons really we can take from the story. Uh, the first point I want to look at is pride in or reliance on natural ability. I think on the Goliath side, you could clearly see that just looking at David, you could just imagine he's thinking, come on, I asked for a worthy opponent, and this is what you send me. You, know, you could just imagine the pride and the arrogance that he had in what they'd sent to battle him. Now, in the book of 1 Samuel 17, 42-43, it said that when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was only a youth, ruddy and good-looking. So the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. I think just like David, uh, just like Goliath rather, we can become a little proud, a little reliant on what we have. I'm clever. I'm good looking. Well, I'm not saying of myself, but, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> but we can become reliant, you know, the money that I have, or the friends I have, or the people I know. Sometimes God is so far back in our thinking that we can become like Goliath. That we, we're looking at what's in front of us and we're going, I'm better than this. 
you know, I am better than this. And I think it's important for us to, when we read these stories, that we try and take lessons from it. He was so, he so disdained David that he probably forgot about how he would normally battle anyone and just thought, you know, this guy is so, in fact, I'm so angry, I'm going to forget everything else. I'm just going to go and crush this guy. Probably didn't see the stone coming. And clearly, he was wrong. In the book of Jeremiah, chapter 9, verse 23 to 24, the Bible says this. Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man glory in his might. Nor let the rich man glory in his riches. But let him who, glorify, who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord, exercise and loving kindness, judgment and righteousness in the earth. For in these I delight, says the Lord. So that's the first lesson. Let's not become so proud or so reliant on our natural ability, what we have, who we know, that we forget that ultimately God has the final say. The second point I want to look at is the fear that comes from walking by sight. In 1 Samuel 17, 24, it says that all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, they fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. When they saw the man, they were walking by sight. And we do that a lot. When something happens, we look at the situation, we look at ourselves, and we judge based on our natural ability, what we know, what we have, we judge the outcome, okay? Just like the children of Israel. They looked at Goliath and they thought, he's huge, he's massive. We've got no one who can face him. Again, not thinking about God at all, just thinking natural ability. We can become guilty of walking by sight. And naturally, that leads to fear. Because ultimately, there's always someone bigger than you, better than you, all these kind of things. And if we walk by sight, we're always going to be in a situation where, ah, it looks pretty bad. Okay? Paul puts it like this to the Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. We walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith, not by sight. Interestingly, I mean, when you look at the story, when David heard what Goliath was saying, David's response was, who is this guy that's defying the armies of God? He wasn't saying, who is this guy that's defying Israel? He was saying, who is this guy defying the armies of God? Because, of course, David was small in comparison to this giant. And that leads me to the third point. And that is very simply that faith in God wins always. Always. Let's hear what David said. 1 Samuel 17, 45. David shouted in reply, You come to me with a sword and a spear, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of the armies of heaven and of Israel, the very God whom you have defied. His confidence wasn't in his sling and the stones. It was in God. 
In 1 John chapter 5, verse 5, the Bible says this. Who is it that overcomes the world? This is the Overcomers series. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. And of course, we have the very familiar scripture in Hebrews 11, chapter, uh, verse 6. It says simply and without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. You know, recently uh, I um, had a, a barbecue in July, and it's a much smaller barbecue than I would normally have because of the, the whole kind of pandemic situation. But, uh, but I was looking forward to this barbecue, and, um, but then two days before the barbecue, um, I looked at the weather forecast, and it was um, black clouds and thunder, thunderstorms, I think. Yeah, shower, anyway, rain, black clouds, Throughout, not just a section of the day, throughout the day. And my heart sank. I was like, oh, I've been looking forward to this barbecue. And then, of course, you think, I've got a counselor who wants to have a barbecue with black clouds and the rain. And because of the pandemic, you have to be outside. You couldn't have that many people inside. And my heart sank. And for some reason, uh, the thought of Hezekiah came to mind. You know, Hezekiah was ill and he was going to die. God sends the prophet to tell him he's going to die. And then he prays and then God sends the prophet back to say, you're going to leave. But Hezekiah asks for a sign for God to shift the shadow one way and then to shift the shadow another way. I don't know why that came to mind at the time. But I suddenly decided, you know what? Now, I'm not going to cancel it. I'm going to pray. It's not going to rain on that day. I'm going to pray. Now, Sometimes, sometimes we think that God is dealing with so many big issues that we don't really want to trouble him with the kind of little issues. But that's not true. God said, ask, bring everything. And in this particular case, I took it to God. And um, now, <laughs> pray for the weather to change in England. Um, <laughs> You know, <laughs> well, you know how it is. <laughs> uh, but I was determined, so I was praying. Friday came, checked the weather, a uh, little bit of movement, but <laughs> still nothing. Okay, I kept praying. I said, no, I'm not going to cancel. It's going to happen. And then first thing, Saturday morning, got out of bed, opened the, uh, the, the curtain. It's wet outside, so it clearly it's rained overnight. But I was convinced that it wouldn't rain. I didn't just ask that it didn't rain. I asked for a bright day, not just that it didn't rain. Well, to cut the story short, it didn't rain that day on Saturday. It was bright. The barbecue went okay. And I remember, I think about 10, 10, 30 at night, I stepped outside and I just looked up to the heavens. I just said, thank you. Thank you. Now, I'm sharing that story because the weather was a kind of a Goliath. Because when we think David and Goliath, sometimes we think just people. But sometimes there are things in our lives that look like Goliaths. Huge mountains. David trusted God completely. And we see that through his life. Every time there was an issue, he would ask God, should I go? 
Shall I go after them? Should I go to this battle? Completely reliant on God. Of course, he made many mistakes, but he was reliant on God. And that's the encouragement I really want to pass on to you today. And that's why I wanted to share that barbecue story. How are you exercising your faith? Because a lot of the things we do, we don't really exercise faith. You get up, food in the, in the fridge or whatever, you, you get on the train, um, you have a headache, you take paracetamol. We don't kind of exercise faith. But what is the faith for if we can't really exercise it? That's my encouragement to you today, to trust God. When you wake up each morning, just remind yourself, trust God today, regardless of the circumstance. Yeah. I would say to myself, you know what I mean? Trust God today, regardless of the circumstance. That is really what an overcomer is. An overcomer is someone who simply just hands over a situation, a circumstance to God. And just says, God, you have your way. I'm trusting in you. So I really want to encourage you. Be like David. Exercise your faith. Trust in God. Regardless of how it looks. Never ever look at what you have to determine what the outcome is going to be. David didn't do that. He looked at God. And that's where our trust is. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Bromley Town Church. You are always welcome to visit us on a Sunday morning or join us again for more messages here online. You can also stay connected with us at www.bromleytownchurch.com.